Welcome to Gospel Truth with Andrew Womack, a teaching ministry that focuses on God's unconditional love and grace. Jesus forgave us of all sin, past, present, and even future sin. The first time I realized that Jesus took the absolute penalty, punishment, all of it for my sins, that was freedom for me. And now, here's Andrew. Welcome to our Tuesday's broadcast of The Gospel Truth. Today, I'm continuing a series that I started yesterday talking about living in the balance of grace and faith. This is the very first book that I ever put out. Now, this is a reprint of it. We have, this has gone through many editions. We have put out tens of thousands of these books. And I tell you, this is just a powerful, powerful truth. You know, I've mentioned this on our program yesterday, but basically you can divide the body of Christ into those who preach about grace, which I am a strong grace preacher, but you can get into a ditch on either side of the road. I've used this illustration many times, but you know, if you go down a dirt road, I live on a dirt road. They have these bar ditches on either side of the road for drainage. And if you start into one ditch, the tendency is to overcorrect, to jerk the steering wheel, and pull out of that ditch. And if you aren't careful, you'll go in the other ditch. There's a ditch on both sides of the road. If you want to get to where you're planning to go, you got to go right down the middle. And likewise, with the gospel, you can get into a ditch with grace. The uh, abuse of grace is passiveness and just living a life where it doesn't matter what I do. It doesn't matter if I study the Word. doesn't matter if I pray. doesn't matter if I go to church. doesn't matter if I live whatever. It's all up to God. It's all grace. That's the extreme and the error that if you get into just grace alone, that's where it leads. But then on the other hand, faith, the error of faith is that it puts all of the burden upon you and that you feel like you've got to make God do something and that all of the responsibility is upon you and it takes away what God has done. Either one of those extremes are wrong. You know, here's another illustration that you can take sodium and you can take chloride and if you eat either one of those, in sufficient quantities, it's a poison and it'll kill you. Enough sodium, enough chloride by itself will kill you. But if you mix it together, you get sodium chloride, salt, and you die without it. That's the way that grace is. Grace by itself, if you don't understand our positive response to grace, which is what I call faith, If you don't mix it in the right proportion, grace by itself leads to an extreme sovereignty of God attitude to where it's just que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. It's all up to God. It doesn't matter what I do. And it leads people into error and it keeps them from receiving God's best. But on the other hand, people who take faith and they don't understand that faith is just our response to God's grace. Many people teach that faith is something we do to gain a response to faith. Well, that's big what I said right there. And I think that a lot of people probably just let that go right over their head. But there are a lot of faith people. I am not against faith people. Man, I am a faith person, but I am a faith person in response to what God has already done by grace. You've got to balance these two together. 
And I, again, I say that I think that this is one reason that you will see faith people criticize grace people and grace people criticize faith people because they take a truth and then they take it to an extreme. Let me make a radical statement right here, but I believe this is absolutely true. That all error is, is truth taken to the exclusion or to the extreme of other truths. Now that's a major statement right there. All error is, is truth that is taken to an extreme or to an exclusion of other biblical truths. Now that's a huge statement. And I believe that there are people that will get hold of a truth, but then they get so focused on that that they just forget everything else. And the Bible, if you really study the Word, you will find that the Bible is a combination of apparent contradictions. Now the Bible, don't misunderstand what I'm saying. The Bible does not contradict itself. The Bible is balanced perfectly. I believe that this isn't a normal book. This isn't a book that was written by men about God. This was a book that was divinely inspired by God. Men uh, wrote as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. This is God breathed and I believe it's in perfect balance. But on just a casual look, it looks like that there are contradictions in the Word, but they are actually two different ends of like the same stick. And put together, it gives you a better understanding than if you just took one truth by itself without its apparent contradiction. For instance, let me just say that, you know, Martin Luther got the revelation from Romans chapter 3, verse 27, that boasting is excluded not by the law of works, but by the law of faith. Martin Luther lived under a time when the Catholic Church had a monopoly on Christianity and they were just uh, doing things that were completely contrary to the Word of God. There was indulgences where you had to pay uh, the priest and the church made money from this by paying these indulgences to pray for people who were already dead, to pray them out of purgatory and into heaven. And they were doing all of these things. And overall, this is a simplification, oversimplification probably, but the Catholic Church at that time, back in the 1500s, had gotten to where it was all about your holiness and your performance, your relationship to the church. Martin Luther was in a situation where he was at the Vatican in Rome he was crawling up the steps and kissing his rosary and crawling on his knees and doing penance and doing all of these things. And yet he had had a conflict inside of him for a long period of time. And I believe that that conflict was caused by the Holy Spirit trying to get him to understand salvation by grace through faith, not through his performance, not through all of these religious calisthenics and all of these rules and regulations. And as he was crawling up these steps, the Lord gave him this revelation from Romans chapter 3 that you are saved not by works, but by grace. And so he took this truth of salvation by faith and he began to preach it and it caused the Protestant Reformation. And the way that we see things today is a large part responsible because of this revelation that came to him. And yet, People have taken this revelation of faith that it's not just God's grace. It's not just up to what God and whatever He wants to do. We have a part to play. And people have taken this to the extreme that I have met 
I couldn't say for sure, but I'm, sure, I, I'm nearly positive it's hundreds, if not thousands, of people who have taken truths from the Word of God about faith and how we have to do certain things in order to receive from God. And they have taken that to an extreme where they don't understand that God by grace has already provided everything. When we operate in faith, we aren't making God move. All we are doing is just reaching out and receiving what has already been provided by grace. And if you don't put this in its proper context, then what happens, it just puts the burden upon you. And I have met hundreds, I'm certain, probably thousands of people who have become just so discouraged and depressed. They have done everything that they know to do and they are wondering why God hasn't healed them yet, hasn't prospered them yet, hasn't saved their marriage yet all of these things. And it's because they are just focusing on what they must do and they don't understand the grace and the goodness of God that is completely separate from our performance. They take all of the burden of producing change upon themselves instead of understanding that God has already made a provision. God wants to change us. He wants to set us free more than we want to be free. And instead of them just responding positively to what God has already done by grace, they are doing things trying to make God respond to them. That's another huge statement I made right there. That many people don't even recognize that, but without consciously thinking about it, they are trying to get God to respond to them. They are constantly thinking, I've been studying the Word, I'm praying, I'm doing this, 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 and this. And so now, God, you have to do that. That is not true faith. That is legalism. That is the law mentality. And that will stop the power of God. God is not going to give you what you deserve. If He gave you what you deserved, if He gave me what I deserve, we would all go to hell. There is not a one of us that deserves God's goodness, that deserves God's healing, that deserves anything. And yet, if all you do is emphasize faith, you will get into a place to where you think that, God, I've done this, now you have to move. Did you know, you may not understand this, but I'm going to say it. Hopefully, the Holy Spirit will help you to get it. If you are mad at God, if it feels like God has let you down, God, I deserved better than this then you do not understand grace. You are a legalist. You are a person that has taken faith to an extreme. If you feel that you believed for something and it didn't work and this person went ahead and died, your finances did not come through, the thing that you were believing God for did not happen and you feel that it's unfair, God failed me and you're mad at God, you have become a legalist. You are a person that has taken faith to the exclusion of God's grace. And you think that somehow or another you do things to make God move. I know many of you right now are just appalled thinking, well, I, I wouldn't have ever called myself a legalist. I wouldn't have ever have thought that I'm an extreme. But boy, this is exactly how I feel. I'm telling you, if you understand grace properly, you will never be angry at God. You will never feel like God didn't come through. You just don't understand some things. But then on the other hand, there are people that have taken grace and they just sovereignly believe that God moves and it's just all up to God. It doesn't matter what you do. And it makes people passive. 
They don't seek the Lord. They don't pray. They don't study the Word. They don't go to church. It, after all, it doesn't matter what you do. It's just all up to God. And you will, I, you will find out that the vast majority, I believe probably the dominant doctrine in the body of Christ, especially the evangelical, fundamentalist, whatever you want to call that, the, found, the fundamentalist part of the body of Christ emphasizes that it's just all up to God, that whatever happens, it's all God. So if a person prays for healing and if they die, well, then it must have been God's will that they die. Nothing can happen but what God wills it. What that does, that just totally excludes faith, that there is nothing we can do. Our response to God doesn't determine anything. Both of those are wrong. And all error is, is one truth of God taken to the exclusion or the uh, extreme of other truths in the Word of God. And so you can't do that. Grace, it is true that grace, man, I, am, I love the grace of God. It transformed my life. I preach the grace of God. But there are certain things that you have to do in order to receive the grace of God. For instance, let me just use this one verse over in Romans chapter 5. If you're familiar with the book of Romans, uh, the first four chapters have just been really making a case for the grace of God, that it's not your works, that it's all the grace of God. And then in chapter 5, verse 1, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Notice that this says you have access by faith into grace. See, this is showing that it's not just grace. It's not just grace that changes our lives, but we access God's grace by faith. The very word that was translated access here in the Greek is the exact word that we get our word, our English word, admission from. If you want admission to a movie, you have to go and pay something and then you get into that movie. You gain access or admission to God's grace by faith. Faith is how you access God's grace. Now it is true that God by grace has provided everything for us. Before we ever had a problem, God, by grace, has anticipated every problem that you or I, the entire human race, could ever have. And God has already made provision for our healing, for our deliverance, for our joy, peace, prosperity, salvation. Every single thing that you could ever need has already been provided by God's grace. And since it's grace, that means it is unearned, it is undeserved, it is unmerited. It's not that you are, have to be worthy of it. It is completely by grace. And it's the same towards everybody. In Titus chapter 2, verse 11, it says, The grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. Salvation grace has come unto every person on this whole planet. If you were saved by grace alone, then every person would be saved because every person has had God's grace that brings salvation appear unto them. But it is obvious that not every person is saved. Jesus even said that there would be more people that enter by the broad gate unto destruction than there are that enter by the narrow gate unto everlasting life. And so salvation has not 
come to all men, but the grace of God that brings salvation has come unto them. Why isn't every person saved? If God's grace that brings salvation has come to every person who's ever lived on this planet. It's because like Romans chapter 5 verse 2 says, you have access into this grace through faith. If you don't respond to what God has done for you in faith, and I'm going to explain this in much more detail, but I'm just making these points that it's not grace alone. You have to respond to God's grace in faith, but it's also not faith alone. If God by grace hadn't have sent Jesus who took upon himself a physical body and died for your sins and my sins and then rose again, and if Jesus hadn't have made this salvation available to us by grace, then your faith couldn't make God save you. You are absolutely dependent upon what God has already done by grace. And your faith doesn't make God do anything. If you start trying to seek God for salvation and praying, God, I'm believing that you're going to save me and you do all of these things. If God by grace hadn't have already made the atonement for your forgiveness of sins, your faith wouldn't make anything happen. I'm going to make a radical statement here that it's going to take me probably the rest of this week to fully defend. But did you know that faith does not move God? God has already moved by grace. And all faith does is reach out and appropriate what God has already provided. That's huge. What I said right there is huge. It took me, I'm a kind of a slow learner. Hopefully, you know, some of you are a lot quicker than I am. But it took me 20 years to get to where I could say that. I used to think that faith was what I did to make God move. But it was a huge revelation. It was a major obstacle removed in my life when I understood that faith doesn't make God do anything. God does not respond to my faith, but God by grace has already anticipated and supplied all of my needs and all my faith is, is a response to God's grace. It doesn't cause a response to, from God, but rather faith is my positive response to what God has already done by grace. And when I understood this, it brought a freedom and a liberty to me that I didn't have before. When I thought that I had to live holy and to do all of these things to get God to move, I was vulnerable to the devil because Satan can't accuse God. Anybody who truly believes that God exists and understands just, you know, basic things about God knows that God is almighty and that God can do anything. But if you get to where you think that he hasn't done it yet and that it is dependent upon you doing all of these things and you got to pray, you got to study the word, you got to pay your tithes, you got to go to church, you've got to live holy, you've got to love your mates, you've got to do this, this, this. And if you believe that all of this is necessary and when you reach a certain standard, when you live holy enough, then God responds to you. I guarantee you that puts you under such pressure, under such guilt that you are not going to live a free life. Satan is the accuser of the brethren. He can't accuse God, but he will accuse you. And if you think that you've got to do these things in order to make God move, 
then all Satan's got to do is just probe a little bit, and I guarantee you he's going to find that you've come short in some area of your life, and you will come under condemnation. And there are multitudes of people watching this program right now that you believe God has the power to meet your need, but you doubt that He will use His power because you in your own heart know that you aren't doing everything perfectly. And I know some of you are thinking, well, that's absolutely true. No, that's not the way that the New Testament is set up. It's by grace. It is not based upon your performance and on your goodness. But does that mean that we have nothing to do? No, faith is just our response to God's grace. I'm trying to lay a foundation here for the things that I want to get into and share on this subject. And we're going to be dealing with this for a number of weeks. But I promise you, this has transformed my life. And again, I may not use this terminology, grace and faith, and always put it in this context, but these principles are things that I use and apply to myself every single day of my life. If you don't understand what is God's part and what is your part, if you overemphasize your part and think that you are bearing the burden of doing everything and it's up to you to move God, boy, you are going to be one worn out, frustrated, defeated Christian. And that's where a lot of people live. On the other hand, if you're over here saying, it doesn't matter what I do, it's just the sovereignty of God. It's just up to God. Que sera, sera. Whatever will be, will be. And if that's the attitude that you have, then Satan is going to eat your lunch and pop the bag because you do have some responsibilities. There are parts that you have to do. You access God's grace through faith, Romans 5, 2. And I'm going to be trying to draw the line and give you understanding about what is God's part, how do we respond to it, how do these two fit together. There has to be a proper combination. You know, this book that I've got, on the front of it, there is a picture of one of these scales where you put something in one side, you know, and it, and it goes down and you have to balance things out. And the reason I did that is because there is a right combination of what God has done and versus what you do. If you get to where you are emphasizing your part too much, then you will stop the grace of God from operating in your life. You're only believing you're going to get what you deserve. But on the other hand, if you get to where you emphasize the grace of God too much and forget that you access God's grace through faith, well, then you're out of balance there. There has to be the proper relationship of these two. And this is what we're beginning to talk about. And like I said, this is a life-changing truth. It has transformed my life, and I believe it would really, really help you. Welcome to the AWM Minute, a small glimpse on how your partnership with Andrew Womack Ministries and Karis Bible College is raising disciples around the world. Disciples like Julianne Hartman, who was healed from fibromyalgia after learning from You've Already Got It that she needed to speak God's Word over her symptoms. And I'm telling you, if my dogs could talk what they witnessed, I walked through those hallways going, in the name of Jesus, stop being numb. Numbness, you are dead. You get out of my body now, in the name of Jesus. Get out of my body. Pain, back pain, get out of my body. Today, Julianne is completely healed from fibromyalgia, and her story has inspired countless others to discover God's healing power for themselves. To see Julianne's full healing journey, visit awmi.net today. We hope you enjoyed this edition of The Gospel Truth. Andrew would like to extend a special thank you to the Grace Partners of Andrew Womack Ministries. 
Your gifts make it possible for us to broadcast the message of God's unconditional love and grace all around the world. Because of your contributions, we've been able to put free ministry resources into the hands of millions in need. If you're not already a Grace Partner, we ask you to pray about becoming one today. I would really like to encourage you to get this teaching on living in the balance of grace and faith. I think this really just summarizes the position that God has given me in the body of Christ. It seems like you have people that are either into faith or into grace, but very seldom are the two combined, and this teaching would transform your life. I've got a book in English. I've got one in Spanish. We have a study guide here that is the same material. It's just reformatted so that you can disciple other people. You can print out the questions in here. And then we have a CD set of this exact same teaching. And then I have two different DVDs to offer you, one that was taken from our television program and the other one was taken live from one of my uh, meetings that I've held. So please listen to our announcer, respond today, and get this material on living in the balance of grace and faith. Andrew's complete series titled Living in the Balance of Grace and Faith is available as a live teaching on either DVD or CD or in a DVD set as seen on TV. You can also get this teaching as a book or study guide in either English or Spanish. Or you can get the Living in the Balance of Grace and Faith package, which includes your choice of either the CD or DVD album, the book and the study guide. This package has a catalog value of $85, but you can get it today for only $60. The first and second audio teachings in today's series are titled Grace and the Sovereignty of God and Grace Through Faith. They're available for a gift of any amount when you write or call. We encourage everyone to give, but if you're simply unable to afford it, Andrew and his partners will provide these two CDs free of charge. You can order resources or become a Grace Partner through our website at awmi.net. While there, you can discover more product details and download many free resources. Or call our helpline at 719-635-1111. If the lines are busy, remember you can order ministry materials or become a Grace Partner 24 hours a day, 7 days a week at awmi.net. We'd like to point out Andrew's upcoming speaking schedule. Mark your calendars to come meet Andrew at one of these events and let the Word of God transform your life. In the month of March, Andrew will be at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park, Colorado for the annual Karis Bible College Men's Advance with special guest Tony Dungy, NFL Hall of Fame and Super Bowl winning coach, and James Brown, Emmy Award winning broadcaster on the CBS and NFL networks. Also at the Sanctuary in March, Andrew will be hosting the Army Conference for Ministers with special guest, retired Lieutenant General Jerry Boykin, Representative Bob McEwen, Dr. Barry Burns, and Barry Bennett. In April, Andrew will be back at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park for the annual Karis Bible College Campus Days and also to host the new musical, David, the King of Jerusalem, a story of the faithfulness of God's grace in spite of struggle and tragedy. 
Also at the Sanctuary in Woodland Park, Andrew will be hosting a special concert with John Tesh. For more details on Andrew's next visit in your area, visit our website at awmi.net.